The Taiwan Stock Exchange Corporation is optimistic heading into the Year of the Dragon. At a Wednesday press event, the market authority forecasts strong gains in AI-related industries. Its goal for the year is to launch 39 initial public offerings and to support emerging industries like digital technology, green energy and biotech. Generally speaking, our IPO target this year is 39 companies. We're confident that we can hit this goal. We want to increase the value of the market to attract more high-quality listed companies. We also want to support more emerging companies to enable them to enter the capital market. Looking back at 2023, the TIEX saw 5.64 million traders, which represents a historic high. Another record set last year was in market value, which reached 56.84 trillion NT. Turnover stood at the second highest level in history, as did the total amount issued in cash dividends. For the first time in three years, foreign investors bought more in shares than they sold. The Taiwan Stock Exchange has become increasingly attractive to young investors. According to the latest data, traders aged 20 to 30 accounted for more than half of all new accounts last year. That's two times the proportion seen six years ago. In a recent interview, President Tsai Ing-wen noted the trend saying it was partly due to the launch of odd lot trading in 2020. She said that by engaging with the stock market, young investors were gaining a deeper understanding of Taiwan's economy. Over the course of 2023, Taiwan shares gained 26.8%, benefiting many investors. In an interview with investment media chair Xie Jinghe, President Tsai Ing-wen said that young people were increasingly participating in the stock market. The bar for entry was lowered in 2020, when the government launched odd lot intraday trade. The introduction of odd lot transactions in 2020 meant that investors didn't need to buy the whole lot, so they didn't have to spend as much money. It allowed investors to get a deeper understanding of our country's economy. Over the past few years, Taiwan's economy has been noticed by the world. Many top global tech brands have made visits to the island. In a social media post, Tsai said that during her eight years in office, she was able to carry out important reforms due to the DPP's legislative majority. Policies targeting six core industries had supported stable economic growth. Her tenure has proved Taiwan's potential, she said, emphasizing that Taiwan did not need to rely on a single market. According to a survey on financial instruments owned by young people, 52% of respondents held stocks. Savings plans were held by more than 30%, and the same went for time deposits and funds. Investors were optimistic about the future, noting that Taiwan was an important link in AI supply chains. Out of 10 people, 8 or 9 invest in stocks. Everyone is investing. ETFs are also performing quite well. I'm optimistic about electronic stocks and some concept stocks like AI. If you don't have so much money, what some people do is buy in small quantities. Sometimes they get enough together to buy a whole lot. Many people buy in odd lots on a regular basis. You don't have to buy the whole lot. You can just spend a few thousand dollars and buy a couple of shares. 
On social media, Xie analyzed the Thai exit's performance over the past three administrations. At the end of Chen Shui-bian's term, the index stood at 9,309 points, up 142 since his inauguration. By the end of Ma Ying-jeou's term, Taiwan shares had fallen to 8,131 points, down 1,178. After nearly eight years of the Thai administration, Taiwan shares have more than doubled to more than 17,000 points. The numbers disprove Ma's claim that Taiwan's economy can't thrive amid poor cross-strait relations, Xie said. Investors say they hope economic growth will continue so that they can continue to reap dividends from the stock market. The Taipei city government has issued its first-ever social bond. The total amount issued is 2.5 billion Taiwan dollars. The proceeds will be used to refinance the city's MRT construction project to achieve positive social outcomes, including a cleaner environment and better transport. Bidding on the bond was open only to financial institutions and not to the general public. And that has raised criticism over preferential treatment for big business. The Taipei city government has issued its first ever social bond. The funds raised will go towards supporting sustainable urban development. The funds we raise will be used for MRT construction because the Taipei MRT network is so dense it offers the public a safe, comfortable and convenient mode of transport. There are nearly 2 million passengers every day. More importantly, it drives rapid developments around the MRT network. We hope that today's issuance is just the beginning. We want to use our expertise and various financial instruments to work with the city government in promoting meaningful social development. Working with a bank, the city issued a total of 2.5 billion NT to support essential infrastructure and services, as well as housing development. The coupons have an average weighted interest rate of 1.237%. The bidding process drew interest from 20 financial institutions. The DPP councillor took issue with the exclusion of retail investors, saying that the bond will only benefit the financial industry. Many of the bonds issued previously were available for public subscription. Why is this bond specifically for banks and securities companies? I think that Jiang Wan'an needs to come forth with a clear explanation. For now, only financial institutions can bid. As for the public, they'll be able to buy on the secondary market in the future. They will be able to buy on the bond market. In the future, we do plan to allow purchases by small investors, by the general public. Responding to the criticism, Taipei's Department of Finance said plans were in place to let the public invest. Flower lovers, take note. The annual Taipei Camellias Show is back in action. This year's event has added over 65 new flower varieties. Aside from flowers, there are also artworks on display. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang takes us in for a look. The Taipei Camellia Show is this spring's first flower show in the city. Camellia flowers are blooming at the Floriculture Experimental Center on Yangde Boulevard. Over 30 camellia varieties of different colors were planted. Many visitors came to catch a glimpse of the beautiful flowers. 
and Pyeongyang. They're so beautiful, and the weather is very good today. Coming to see flowers is the best form of relaxation. Pyeongyang. They are very beautiful, and there are new varieties like this one. I haven't seen this one before. The Taipei Camellia Show features traditional camellias plus 65 newly developed camellia varieties and other flowers. They are all in full bloom now. We planted 12,000 tulips, 6,000 hyacinths, and crocuses at the gate. So after the flowers bloom, they will match perfectly with the nearby houses. It will look like a scene in Europe. Aside from flowers, a series of paintings are also on display at the venue. The flower show will be held till January 14th. Visitors are encouraged to take public transportation to the venue. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Dai Yaluen in Taipei. Washington has reacted to China's launch of a satellite over Taiwan airspace. U.S. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby said the launch raised a, quote, interesting question about China's intentions and goals. He emphasized that Taiwan's democracy should be respected. In related news, Taiwan's newly appointed de facto ambassador to Washington, Alexander Yu, met with the U.S. House Speaker on Tuesday. Yu thanked Congress for its bipartisan support for Taiwan, while Speaker Mike Johnson underscored the U.S.'s commitment to support Taiwan's self-defense. China launched a satellite over Taiwan airspace at a sensitive time, just days before Saturday's presidential election. The move drew global attention. Um, I have proof that that's what's driving that, but it sure does raise interesting questions, doesn't it, about what their intentions are, what their, what their goals are with this activity. With the election approaching, China has ramped up its intimidation tactics. Besides launching the satellite, China has harassed Taiwan with military aircraft, vessels and high-altitude balloons. The White House says Taiwan's democracy should be respected. We believe that, uh, that uh, the democratic institutions of Taiwan need to be respected. Uh, we want to see a free and fair and transparent election. And we're willing and standing by to work with uh, whoever the people of Taiwan uh, elect into their government. On Tuesday, Taiwan's new representative to Washington, Alexander Yui, met with U.S. House Speaker Mike Johnson. We stand shoulder to shoulder with the Taiwanese people. Uh, this is a very important issue for the entire world. We certainly want to help in the defense of Taiwan. It's very important to us. We want to deter the Chinese Communist Party and any military provocation. Johnson stressed the importance of Taiwan-U.S. relations, reiterating that Washington was committed to Taiwan's self-defense. Yui thanked Congress for its long-standing bipartisan support. Uh, the robust Taiwan-U.S. relationship is based, as you mentioned, on shared values such as freedom and democracy. And we look forward to continue working with you, Mr. Speaker, and the U.S. Congress to further strengthen our rock-solid friendship. Undeterred by China's threats, Taiwan and the U.S. are continuing to deepen their ties. Meanwhile, Taiwan's opposition parties are accusing the DPP of using Tuesday's satellite launch for political gain. KMT presidential candidate Ho Yo Yi questioned why the government issued a national emergency alert after the launch. He said no such alert was issued in 2022 when China launched missiles over Taiwan. Ho said the DPP was stoking fear among the public ahead of election day in order to win votes. The TPP's Coenger also lashed out over the alert, saying that the public has harbored a fundamental distrust of the government. 
The defense ministry issued an emergency alert on Tuesday, saying a Chinese satellite had passed over Taiwan and that there could be falling debris. The KMT and TPP are accusing the government of having ulterior motives. China launched missiles in 2022, and more recently, three satellites were launched. Was an alert issued in any of those cases? No. How can the government be so sloppy with such a serious national security issue? How could the people be at ease with you in control of the country? Tsai Ing-wen said there was no reason to be afraid. Her saying that was what actually made me afraid. If missiles are really sent our way, does everyone know where to take shelter? Whenever the government does anything, the general public wonders whether it's all for the sake of the elections. That's the fundamental problem for this country. The rocket's trajectory did indeed cross over Taiwan, over Pingdong and southern Taiwan. The public has the right to know this, so the defense ministry sent out the message so that there would be no misunderstandings. It did what it should have. According to a presidential office spokesperson, Taiwan's national security team issued the alert after a comprehensive assessment of the situation that also considered intelligence from international partners. He stressed that the move was not politically motivated, but opposition candidates remain skeptical. Everyone thinks you're manipulating the election by leveraging a sense of national doom. You're not just trying to trick people into voting for you, but making people fear for their lives. The elections are almost here. There's no need for such political maneuvering. At press conferences held by the KMT and the TPP, the majority of things they say are smears and rumors. That has no positive effect on the election or national development. DPP presidential candidate Lai Qingde accused the opposition of waging a smear campaign. He said national security was no trivial matter and that no leader would exploit public fear for political gain. Former leaders of the Sunflower Student Movement are urging young people to vote. Six politicians who shot to fame during the 2014 movement held a press conference in Taipei on Wednesday. They encourage younger voters to go home and cast their ballot to defend Taiwan's values. Let's hear from them. We've come up to Taipei three days before the election at this critical juncture. We're here in Taipei to urge those who live away from their hometowns to cast their crucial ballot on Saturday. Standing here before Taipei main station, we ask everyone to hurry and buy your train ticket home and to go cast your vote. Many of our brothers and sisters from Miaoli, when asked where they are from, many might pause before responding. They're ashamed or embarrassed to say that they are from Miaoli. We want to rip off these negative labels that do not rightfully belong to the people of Miaoli. Let us use our ballots to elect the right people, the people who can erase the stigma. Cast your vote. Go home to vote. Go home to vote this Saturday. This is so important, I have to say it three times. Whether you are from the Hakka towns of Miaoli or the suburbs of Kaohsiung, or whether you grew up near the temples of Wanhua or near the ocean waves of Gongliao, all of you, please come forward. The youth vote will be key in this election. I know that with the election just a few days away, time is running out to get out the vote. We want to do our utmost to convince young voters to make the best choice for Taiwan. According to the Central Election Commission, there are 19.5 million eligible voters in the 2024 election. 
31% of these voters are 40 years old or younger. To celebrate the Year of the Dragon, a Taipei hotel has introduced four New Year's Eve dishes that are additive-free, created by award-winning chefs. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang caught up with the chefs to learn how these delicacies were created. Chef Xu Yaoguang has curated nine quality ingredients, pig's feet, chicken leg, fish maw, abalone, white ginseng, pork tendon, morel mushrooms, shark fin, and dried oysters. The broth is shimmered for eight hours. We updated last year's New Year dishes. We simmered the stock, and we used old hens, pork, and ham to make abalone juice. We didn't use any additives. We used real ingredients. The mushroom powder, soy sauce, and oyster sauce are all additive-free. It takes eight hours to boil the stock and at least a day and a half to boil the abalone sauce. Award-winning chef Li Xianghua has prepared two versions of Buddha Jumps Over the Wall, a traditional New Year's Eve dish. The soup is made of old hen, ham, hindshank, and duck, which are shimmered for 10 hours. Other ingredients, including South African live abalone, scallops, pork cartilage, and chicken leg. No additives were used throughout the process, so we spent a lot of time on preparation. The braised old hen and hind leg meat were cooked for over 10 hours. I prepared a meat version and a vegetarian version of Buddha Jumps Over the Wall. Another award-winning chef, Andy Tai, created this abalone scallion and braised ginseng dish. The American black ginseng is first shimmered, then smeared with shrimp paste, carrots, and ginkgo. Deep-fried green onions and fish maw are added, and the dish is seasoned with additive-free soy sauce. I chose large black ginseng from the deep sea as the main ingredient, and an abalone goes on top. During the cooking process, we stewed it for around three hours to make the whole black ginseng soft and tender. Then we mashed the shrimp into a puree. This hotel's Lunar New Year dishes are crafted with fresh, real ingredients. Customers get a cookbook with detailed steps on how to make dishes at home. We have been promoting no additive meals for two years, but for the first time this year, we are unveiling the chef's exclusive recipes to our guests. This is a first, and it's the highlight of our New Year's meal box. Our New Year's dishes are all handmade by our chefs, with no artificial seasonings. Whether you want to stay in or dine out on New Year's Eve, there's plenty to choose from in Taiwan. FTV reporters Stephanie Yang and Zen Chen Luo in Taipei. A German immigrant is promoting slow food and vegan cooking in Taidong. Tamara Flusfish moved to the East Coast City last year after studying Chinese at NTNU. She's a passionate vegetarian chef and likes to create recipes with local ingredients. The fresh seasonal produce of Taidong is perfect for her simple but original dishes. The young writer is also inspired by the beautiful landscape of her adopted home. Tamara's food is different every time you eat it. It's full of flavor. It's the first time I've seen some of these vegetables. We don't necessarily have them in Europe or in Germany. These diners are talking about the vegetarian cooking of Tamara Flusfish. 
half-baked sweet potato with a special aromatic sauce, tofu with fried Chinese basil, Himalayan black salt and turmeric with roasted seasonal vegetables locally grown in Taidong. It's tofu but like scrambled eggs with black salt. The Chinese basil and turmeric are also Taidong grown. It looks and tastes a bit like scrambled egg, but it's all vegan. These local ingredients transform in Flu's fish's hands. The roasted bitter melon is paired with sweet persimmon, roasted okra is brought out with sun-dried tomatoes, and green beans are mixed with navel orange. Germany-born Flu's fish says cooking is like making art. As long as the ingredients are fresh, and you know how to use heat and seasonings, everyone can follow their own creative flair. Floosefish has been cooking vegan since she was a child. She encourages people to eat whole foods, which are nutritious and high in fiber, to stay fit and healthy. I started cooking about 11 years ago. I've researched dietary issues. I think I've personally changed a lot in my appearance, but also inside. With her passion for Chinese culture, Floosefish studied at NTNU's Department of Chinese as a second language and moved to Taidong six months ago. She says the natural scenery and rich farming produce of Taidong attracted her to the region. She intends to stay here to write literature and promote slow food in Taidong. I also like to write, so I hope that in the future I can write here in Taidong. Whether in my cooking or writing, I want to live here in a way that's free and easeful and share this wonderful life with everyone.